Chapter Seven of the Nibelungenlied. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by L. D. Hamilton. The Nibelungenlied, translated by Daniel B. Shumway. Adventure Seven. How Gunther won Brunhild. Meanwhile, their bark had come so near the castle that the king saw many a comely maiden standing at the casements. Much it irked King Gunther that he knew them not. He asked his comrade Siegfried, Hast thou no knowledge of these maidens who yonder are gazing downward towards us on the flood? Whoever be their lord, they are of lofty mood. At this Sir Siegfried spake, I pray you, spy secretly among the high-born maids, and tell me then whom ye would choose, and ye had the power. That will I, spake Gunther, the bold and valiant knight. In yonder window do I see one stand in snow-white weeds. She is fashioned so fair that mine eyes would choose her for her comeliness. Had I power, she should become my wife. Right well thine eyes have chosen for thee. It is the noble Brunhild, the comely maid, for whom thy hearth doth strive and eke thy mind and mood. All her bearing seemed to Gunther good. One bade the queen her high-born maids go from the windows, for it behooved them not to be the mark of strangers' eyes. Each one obeyed. What next the ladies did hath been told us since. They decked their persons out to meet the unknown knights, a wayfair maids have ever had. To the narrow casements they came again, where they had seen the knights. Through love of gazing this was done. But four there were that were come to land. Through the windows the stately women saw how Siegfried led a horse out on the sand, whereby King Gunther felt himself much honored. By the bridle he held the steed so stately, good and fair, and large and strong, until King Gunther had sat him in the saddle. Thus Siegfried served him the which he later quite forgot. Such service he had seldom done afore, that he should stand at any here's stirrup. Then he led his own steed from the ship. All this the comely dames of noble birth saw through the casements, the steeds and garments, too, of the lusty knights, of snow-white hue, were right well matched and all alike. The bucklers fashioned well, gleamed in the hands of the stately men. In lordly wise they rode to Brunhild's hall, their saddles set with precious stones, with narrow martingales, from which hung bells of bright and ruddy gold. So they came to the land, as well befit their prowess, with newly sharpened spears, with well-wrought swords, the which hung down to the spurs of these stately men. The swords the bold men bore were sharp and broad. All this Brunhild 
the high-born maid espied. With the king came Dankwart and Hagen, too. We have heard tales told of how the knights wore costly raiment, raven-black of hue. Fair were their bucklers, mickle, good, and broad. Jewels they wore from the land of India, the which gleamed gloriously upon their weeds. By the flood they left their skiff without a guard. Thus the brave knights and good rode to the castle. Six and eighty towers they saw within, three broad palaces, and one hall well wrought of costly marble, green as grass, wherein Brunhild herself sate with her courtiers. The castle was unlocked, and the gates flung wide. Then ran Brunhild's men to meet them, and welcomed the strangers into their mistress's land. One bade relieve them of their steeds and shields. Then spake a chamberlain, Pray give us now your swords and your shining breastplates, too. That we may not grant you, said Hagen of Troneg. We ourselves will bear them. Then gan Siegfried tell aright the tale. The usage of the castle, let me say, is such that no guests may here bear arms. Let them now be taken hence, then will all be well. Unwillingly, Hagen, Guntersmann, obeyed. For the stranger's men bade pour out wine and make their lodgings ready. Many doughty knights were seen walking everywhere at court in lordly weeds. Mickle and oft were these heroes gazed upon. Then the tidings were told to Lady Brunhild, that unknown warriors were come in lordly raiment, sailing on the flood. The fair and worthy maid gan ask concerning this. Pray let me hear, spake the queen, who be these unknown knights who stand so lordly in my castle, and for whose sake the heroes have journeyed hither? Then spake one of the courtiers, My lady, I can well say that never have I set eyes on any of them, but one like Siegfried doth stand among them. Him ye should give fair greetings, that is my rede in truth. The second of their fellowship is so worthy of praise that he were easily a mighty king over broad and princely lands, and he had the power and might possess them. One doth see him stand by the rest in such right lordly wise. The third of the fellowship is so fierce, and yet withal so fair of body, most noble queen. By the fierce glances he so oft doth east, I ween he be grim of thought and mood. The youngest among them is worshipful indeed. I see the noble knight stand so charmingly, with courtly bearing, in almost maiden modesty. We might all have cause for fear, had any done him aught. However blithely he doth practice chivalry, and how so fair of body he be, yet might he well make many a comely woman weep, should he e'er grow angry. He is so fashioned that in all knightly virtues he must be a bold knight and a brave. 
Then spake the queen, Now bring me my attire. If the mighty Siegfried be come unto this land, through love of mine, he doth risk his life. I fear him not so sore, that I should become his wife. Brunhild the fair was soon well clad. Then went there with her many a comely maid, full hundred or more, decked out in gay attire. The stately dames would gaze upon the strangers. With them there walked good knights from Isenland, Brunhild's men-at-arms, five hundred or more, who bore swords in hand. This the strangers rude. From their seats then the brave and lusty heroes rose. When that the queen spied Siegfried, now hear what the maid did speak. Be ye welcome, Siegfried, here in this our land. What doth your journey mean? That I fain would know. Gramercy, my lady Brunhild, that ye have dined to meet me. Most generous queen, in the presence of this noble knight, who standeth here before me, for he is my liege lord, this honor I must needs forswear. By birth he's from the Rhine, what more need I to say? For thy sake are we come hither. Fain would he woo thee, however he fare. Methink thee now betimes, my lord will not let thee go. For he is hight Gunther, and he is a lordly king. And he win thy love, he doth crave not more. Forsooth, this night, so well beseen, did bid me journey hither. I would fain have given it over, could I have said him nay. She spake, Is he thy liege, and thou his man? Dare he assay the games which I meet out, and gain the mastery? Then I'll become his wife. But should I win, twill cost you all your lives. Then up spoke Hagen of Troneg. My lady, let us see your mighty games. It must indeed go hard, or ever Gunther, my lord, give you the palm. He troweth well to win so fair a maid. He must hurl the stone, and after spring and cast the spear with me. Be ye not too hasty. You are like to lose here your honor and your life as well. Bethink you therefore rightly, spake the lovely maid. Siegfried the Bold went to the king, and bade him tell the queen all that he had in mind, he should have no fear. I'll guard you well against her with my arts. Then spake King Gunther, Most noble queen, now meet out whatso ye list, and were it more, that would I all endure for your sweet sake. I'll gladly lose my head, and ye become not my wife. When the queen heard this speech, she begged them hasten to the games, as was but meet. She bade purvey her with good armor for the strife, a breastplate of ruddy gold and a right good shield, a silken surcoat, too, the maid put on, 
which sword had never cut in any fray of silken cloth of Libya. Well was it wrought. Bright embroidered edging was seen to shine thereon. Meanwhile, the knights were threatened much with battle cries. Dankwart and Hagen stood ill at ease. Their minds were troubled at the thought of how the king would speed. Thought they, our journey will not bring us warriors aught of good. Meanwhile, Siegfried, the stately man, or ever any marked it, had hied him to the ship, where he found his magic cloak concealed. Into it he quickly slipped, and so was seen of none. He hurried back, and there he found a great press of knights, where the queen dealt out her lofty games. Thither he went in secret wise, by his arts it happed, nor was he seen of any that were there. The ring had been marked out, where the games should be, afore many valiant warriors who were to view them there. More than seven hundred were seen bearing arms, who were to say who won the game. Then was come Brunhild, armed as though she would battle for all royal lands. Above her silken coat she wore many a bar of gold. Gloriously her lovely color shone beneath the armor. Then came her courtiers, who bear along a shield of ruddy gold, with large broad strips as hard as steel, beneath the which the lovely maid would fight. As shield-thong there served a costly band upon which lay jewels green as grass. It shone and gleamed against the gold. He must needs be passing bold to whom the maid would show her love. The shield the maid should bear was three spans thick beneath the studs, as we are told. Rich enow it was, of steel and eke of gold, the which four chamberlains could scarcely carry. When the stalwart Hagen saw the shield borne forth, the knight of Troneg spake full grim of mood, How now, King Gunther, how we shall lose our lives! She you would make your love is the devil's bride in truth. Hear now about her weeds, enow of these she had. She wore a surcoat of silk of azagu, noble and costly. Many a lordly stone shone in contrast to its color on the person of the queen. Then was brought forth for the lady a spear, sharp, heavy, and large, the which she cast all time, stout and unwieldy, mickle and broad, which on its edges cut most fearfully. Of the spear's great weight, here wonders told. Three and one-half weights of iron were wrought therein, the which scarcely three of Brunhild's men could bear. The noble Gunther gone be sore afraid. Within his heart he thought, What doth this mean? How could the devil from hell himself escape alive? Were I safe and sound in Burgundy, long might she live here free of any love of mine. Then spake Hagen's brother 
the valiant Dankwart. The journey to this court doth rue me sore. We, who have ever borne the name of knights, how must we lose our lives? Shall we now perish at the hands of women in these lands? It doth irk me much that ever I came unto this country. Had but my brother Hagen his sword in hand, and I mine too, then should Brunhild's men go softly in their overweening pride. This know for sure they'd guard against it well. And had I sworn a peace with a thousand oaths before I'd see my dear lord die, the comely maid herself should lose her life. We might leave this land unscathed, spake then his brother Hagen, had we the harness which we sorely need, and our good swords as well. Then would the pride of this strong dame become a deal more soft. What the warrior spake, the noble maid heard well. Over her shoulders she gazed with smiling mouth. Now sith he thinketh himself so brave, bring them forth their coats of mail, put in the warriors' hands their sharp-edged swords. When they received their weapons as the maiden bade, bold Dankwart blushed for very joy. Now let them play whatso they list spake the doughty man. Gunther is unconquered, since now we have our arms. Mightily now did Brunhild's strength appear. Into the ring men bear a heavy stone, huge and great, mickle and round. Twelve brave and valiant men-at-arms could scarcely bear it. This she threw at all times, when she had shot the spear. The Burgundians' fear now grew amain. Woe is me, cried Hagen, whom hath King Gunther chosen for a love. Certes, she should be the foul fiend's bride in hell. Upon her fair white arm the maid turned back her sleeves. With her hands she grasped the shield and poised the spear on high. Thus the strife began. Gunther and Siegfried feared Brunhild's hate, and had Siegfried not come to Gunther's aid, she would have bereft the king of life. Secretly, Siegfried went and touched his hand. With great fear, Gunther marked his wiles. Who hath touched me? thought the valiant man. Then he gazed around on every side, but saw none standing there. "'Tis I, Siegfried, the dear friend of thine. Thou must not fear the queen. Give me the shield from off thy hand, and let me bear it and mark aright what thou dost hear me say. Make thou the motions, I will do the deeds.' When Gunther knew that it was Siegfried, he was overjoyed. Quoth Siegfried, Now hide thou my arts, tell them not to any man. Then can the queen win from thee little fame, albeit she doth desire it. See how fearlessly the lady standeth now before thee. Then with might and main, 
the noble maiden hurled the spear at a shield, mickle, new, and broad, which the son of Zieglind bore upon his arm. The sparks sprang from the steel, as if the wind did blow. The edge of the mighty spear broke fully through the shield, so that men saw the fire flame forth from the armor rings. The stalwart men both staggered at the blow, but for the cloak of darkness they had lain there dead. From the mouth of Siegfried the brave gushed forth the blood. Quickly the good knight sprang back again and snatched the spear that she had driven through his shield. Stout Siegfried's hand now sent it back again. He thought, I will not pierce the comely maid. So he reversed the point and cast it at her armor with the butt, that it rang out loudly from his mighty hand. The sparks flew from the armor rings as though driven by the wind. Siegmund's son had made the throw with might. With all her strength, she could not stand before the blow. In faith, King Gunther never could have done the deed. Brunhild the fair, how quickly up she sprang! Gunther, noble knight, I cry you mercy for the shot. She weened that he had done it with his strength. To her had crept a far more powerful man. Then went she quickly. Angry was her mood. The noble maid and good raised high the stone and hurled it mightily far from her hand. After the cast she sprang, that all her armor rang in truth. The stone had fallen twelve fathoms hence, but with her leap the comely maid outsprang the stone. Then went Sir Siegfried to where lay the stone. Gunther poised it while the hero made the throw. Siegfried was bold, strong, and tall. He threw the stone still further and made a broader jump. Through his fair arts he had strength now to bear King Gunther with him as he sprang. The leap was made, the stone lay on the ground. Men saw none other save Gunther, the knight, alone. Siegfried had banished the fear of King Gunther's death. Brunhild the fair waxed red with wrath. To her courtiers she spake a deal too loud when she spied the hero safe and sound at the border of the ring. Come nearer quickly, ye kinsmen and liegemen of mine, ye must now be subject to Gunther, the king. Then the brave knights laid aside their arms and paid their homage at the feet of mighty Gunther from the Burgundian land. They weened that he had won the games by his own strength alone. He greeted them in loving wise. In sooth, he was most rich in virtues. Then the lovely maiden took him by the hand. Full power she granted him within the land. At this, Hagen, the bold and doughty knight, rejoiced him. She bade the noble knight to go with her hence to the spacious palace. When this was done, they gave the warriors with their service better cheer. With good grace, Hagen and Dankwart now must needs submit. 
the doughty Siegfried was wise now and bare away his magic cloak. Then he repaired to where the ladies sate. To the king he spake, and shrewdly did he this. Why wait ye, good my lord? Why begin ye not the games, of which the queen doth deal so great a store? Let us soon see how they be played. The crafty man did not as though he wist not a whit thereof. Then spake the queen, How hath it chanced that ye, Sir Siegfried, have seen naught of the games which the hand of Gunther here hath won? To this Hagen of the Burgundian land made answer. He spake, Ye have made us sad of mind, my lady. Siegfried the good knight was by the ship, when the lord of the Rhineland won from you the games. He knoweth naught thereof. Well is me of this tale, spake Siegfried the knight, that your pride hath been brought thus low, and that there doth live a wight who hath a power to be your master. Now, O noble maiden, must ye follow us hence to the Rhine. Then spake the fair-fashioned maid, that may not be. First must my kith and liegemen learn of this. Certes, I may not so lightly void my lands. My dearest friends must first be fetched. Then bade she messengers ride on every side. She called her friends, her kinsmen, and her men-at-arms, and begged them come without delay to Isenstein and bade them all be given lordly and rich apparel. Daily, early, and late, they rode in troops to Brunhild's castle. Well away, cried Hagen, what have we done? We may ill abide the coming of fair Brunhild's men. If now they come into this land in force, then hath the noble maid been born to our great rue. The will of the queen is unknown to us. What if she be so wroth that we be lost? Then the stalwart Siegfried spake, Of that I'll have care. I'll not let hap that which ye fear. I'll bring you help hither to this land, From chosen knights the which till now ye have not known. Ye must not ask about me. I will fare hence. Meanwhile, May God preserve your honor. I'll return eftsoon, and bring you a thousand men, the very best of knights that I have ever known. Pray tarry not too long, spake then the king. Of your help we be justly glad. He answered, In a few short days I'll come again. Tell ye to Brunhild that ye sent me hence. End of chapter 7. Recording by L. D. Hamilton.